This, this, this is, 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 Welcome to podcast episode number 797. We are the Fight Disciples. If you're watching this on YouTube, yes, it looks a little bit different because we're on location. We're at UFC 294 in Abu Dhabi. We're currently sat on Nick's balcony recording this program. So if it sounds a bit different as well, we apologize for that. But we thought we'd get to you and get stuck into a bit of a boxing preview. Before we get stuck into the show, little reminder, as I do every single show right at the start, don't make this a one-night stand. Let's have a relationship please subscribe to us. You can do it via our website, fightdisciples.com. And if you are already an audio subscriber, which we're on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, the works, uh, you can obviously subscribe to us on YouTube. So if you prefer to watch uh, your content, you're more than welcome to do so on our YouTube channel. Thank you so much if you've already gone over there and become part of the family. Um, We've got towels and all sorts uh, for today's show because it's bloody hot. Not to rub it in like... It's hot. 30, oh. 30 degrees, and it's on, what is it, 6 o'clock at night, 30 degrees still. So we're sat on the balcony, making the programme, previewing the weekend's boxing. We are fully aware uh, that the fight of the weekend is off. Uh, Mr. Boatze and Mr. Aziz has been pulled. We'll come to that latterly, uh, and we'll come to uh, that boxer show that still goes ahead, uh, despite the main event not... Uh, Oh, is the show still going ahead? I thought it had been pulled. I thought I'd read somewhere that the tickets could be refunded and were able to be used at a later date. For Boatsy and Aziz, yeah. The actual card is continuing without them, though. I am led to believe, as we record this at 6 o'clock, Abu Dhabi time on a Wednesday, Mm -hmm. uh, that uh, Chamberlain and Lawal will be the main event for for the British title. Okay, sound. It's all right. It's not. It's all, it's all right. Yeah, listen, I, I'm not going to start poking holes in the card or no, the main event because it is what it is. And, and this is boxing. And unfortunately, boxing isn't, isn't UFC. So um, kind of happy, I've got to be honest, because selfishly, I, wanna, I, I really fancy that fight. I like Buatzi. I like Aziz a lot. Um, I thought it was the big question that Buatzi's career desperately was in need of. Someone that's capable and actually coming to win with real aspirations of using him as a stepping stone rather than the other way around. I like Josh. I've always liked Josh. I come out to the Olympics high as a kite on Josh and I've been flat regarding Josh ever since. You know, I've talked about him quite extensively and I hear to say he's wasting his career, man. And this was the fight where I was like, right, you beat Aziz, we move forward. There's a world title fight. There's domestic showdowns that you can really get your teeth stuck into and we'll get to know who the real Josh Buati is. So I'm disappointed in that regard. It's Aziz's back injury. Mm. Hopefully it's got nothing to do with the terrible rumours that they couldn't sell a fucking ticket between them, which I find that incredibly hard to believe. Now, I haven't gone on Ticketmaster like a lot of people do and search, and and then they message me with a screenshot of all the empty seats. I haven't gone to that extent, but a lot of people have messaged me on social media, personally as well, to say, Aziz Buatzi, basically they can't give the tickets away. I find that hard to believe. Why? Especially when Catrell is fighting Linares in Liverpool this weekend. And okay, there's a solid undercard. And listen, Liverpool, it's God's, it's God's garden, obviously. However, it's really difficult to sell a ticket in Liverpool, notoriously. So I find it hard to believe that he's done eight, 9,000 tickets in Liverpool and Aziz Buatzi can't sell a ticket in London. I can't. 
get my head around that. But if those rooms are true, maybe they're false, maybe it's BS, maybe it's whatever. The m- most important thing is Boatsy Aziz will happen. It has been postponed, and hopefully we get it before Christmas. Why, why are you surprised if they can't sell a ticket? Because it's two London lads. You know, how can you not be a fan of Dan Aziz? He's kind of gone the university's route. He's kind of come through the back door. He's super entertaining to watch. And if he was in my hometown, I'd buy a ticket to see that yeah, kid alone. Yeah, but you're a boxing fan. I'd be fan. on that journey. You're a boxing fan. Josh Buatzi shot to fame on BBC at the Olympic Games. People know who Josh Buatzi is. Be- Do they? Sports fans know who Josh Buatzi they? is. They may have forgotten since the Olympics. We live in a weird echo chamber, man. Yeah, they, 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 this is kind of where we were at the weekend. And obviously the weekend has kind of opened my eyes up to the way that box- where boxing's going and, and how promotion of boxing is now going to change dramatically. Obviously, the term promoter is supposed to be what you do, isn't it? You're mm. supposed to promote a fight, promote a fighter. You're supposed to, you know, build their profile to, uh, to a level which, ki- which gains interest with, uh, with the fan base. However, it seems to be now, the owner seems to be on the fighter themselves. We saw at the weekend guys with very, very limited ability who have huge social media followings. Yeah, but uh, that's a different audience, isn't it? Well, I believe that's a different audience. What do you mean it's a different audience? The pe- type of people who would necessarily tune in for or buy a ticket in London for Josh Buatzi versus Dan Aziz isn't necessarily the same audience that's going to buy a ticket. No, to see no, no, no. You, you, you're missing what I'm saying. The people have bought into KSI, let's say. Yeah. Right? They're okay. not asked about him being a boxer or a pop star or, or, or whatever it is. No, they're just they're all in on him. into him as a, as a human being. Mm-hmm. So whatever he does then, people follow him. You bring out a drink, I'll buy you a drink. You bring out a song in the charts, I'll buy you a song in the charts. Yep. Oh, I'm going to have a boxing match. Right, I'll go and do that as well. My point is, is that you might be right that they are completely different audiences per se when, you, when, you, when you're looking at it like this, but fighters need people or they need audience to buy into them forget about the fighting you need to be bought into personality wise the majority of people that follow for example conor mcgregor mm-hmm. it ain't because well the cherry on top of the cake is that he knocks dudes out he can fight it's because he gives it and you you were attracted to the personality in 2015 2016 that's what brought you in and what you're saying is no one's attracted to buati and aziz well what are they doing on social media we're, we're uh, they are what we would class as traditional fighting men aren't they they go away they work in the gym they let their hands do the talking when they get in the ring or, or not so in, in certain cases that's not enough in the modern day mate so when you say but that can't suddenly become the benchmark of whether a boxer's successful or not you can't just suddenly go you've got no social media mate you can't headline on but Sky. that's where we're going I know that's where we're going, and I know that's certainly a significant factor these days, but that can't be the benchmark of listen, whether listen, listen the boxer sells or not, no, no, as how active he is on no, social but media. Listen, no, no, no. Listen to the conversations that promoters are having. Eddie Hearn has been very vocal, hasn't he, about fighters stepping up and taking proper fights, and what are you bringing to the table? What are these two gentlemen bringing to the table? Mm-hmm. They're bringing talent, don't get me wrong. They're very good fighters. The matchup from an insider's point of view is a fantastic matchup. But mm. if the rumours are true that they don't aren't selling, and I don't know whether they are or not, but if that is true, it is of no surprise to me. Because the presence that they have on platforms is non existent. Doesn't cut through, man. Mm. It's not cutting through with audience. No. 
But we that, know we know them as lovely lads. Of course. But if you go down the street and, and yeah, and, and and if you go and talk to general, I genuinely, but if you ge- if spoke to general sports fans, people that love the footy or love the rugby or, or cricket or whatever, and you mention those two lads' names, they won't have a clue who they are. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you're right. But is that the benchmark already? Are we there? Are we at that place already? Mm. Whereas if you've got no social media presence, you're basically dead to me. There was a time in boxing that two things counted. One, you either come from an amateur pedigree background, which you can sell against, which you can push behind, which is what ticks the box with Josh Buatti. Traditionally, as an Olympian, he's come out of the Olympic Games. Medaled. He's got his medal. Mm -hmm. He's a known name because he's been on terrestrial television. He's been in every single newspaper because he was one of the medalists on that day. He's helped GB get to a certain point on the medals table, blah, blah, blah. He's been down and took a knee in front of the Queen, all that kind of bollocks. So that used to be a significant factor. And then when you turn professional, it was easy to basically sell you around the country to go, oh, the Olympians on, the Olympians on, the Olympians on. And before the next Olympic cycle you then should be at a stage where you're a significant mm-hmm. player. Mm-hmm. Hence, Lawrence Coley. Lawrence Coley may Joshua. not be the most attractive guy. Jo- well, Joshua is attractive in terms of his, his output, or at least he was. Yeah, yeah. And then you, you capture that attention. Josh Buatzi has gone so slow. His, his career has almost gone stagnant at times that he's probably fallen out of people's minds. I'll give you that. But if you watch boxing for a minute and you watch Dan Aziz, you go, okay, this kid's got something. Yeah. He may not have gone the traditional route. Yeah. I'm watching this kid. The pro- As you say, we don't live in that world anymore. The, the other, Sorry, I said there's two ways to do it. There's the amateur way, and there's the, this kid sells fucking thousands of fucking tickets. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Johnny Fisher. The Nathan Heaney way. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you're going to get on big cards because yeah. you're going to fill arenas. Yep. You're going to be a significant ticket Dave seller. Allen. Those type of characters, yeah. Are either a Buatti or Aziz, either of the, do they tick either of those boxes anymore? No. And that's the problem. Yep. That's the fundamental issue that we've got with the, with both. But of them. I don't want to discourage it because it's a great fight, and we need more fights fight. like that, and, and which then hopefully sells boxing as a general thing. And, and they're the type of fights that will, the winner comes out of that significantly more. You know, he's main evented on Sky in a big fight that people can get behind, that people can actually talk about and get excited about, and he's come through it. My wow, Boatzi's finally arrived. Oh wow, Aziz defeated the Olympian. Yeah. You know, I think there was a lot on the line. You know, we've probably done ten, done ten minutes on a fight that's not even happening now. But I was super excited about it because yes, I genuinely thought it was going to be Dan Aziz's breakout moment. I really did. Well, hopefully they can remake it. Please, it's, please, it's, it's, it's a postponement, isn't it? It's not a cancellation. Uh, and the noise is already is that they're going to try and turn this round for December. Uh, so we'll keep across that and fingers crossed they can get re- that remade. The card is going to go ahead, uh, and Isaac Chamberlain and Mikhail Lawal are, uh, are going to headline. Uh, very rarely do you see a poor British title fight. And I like, do you know something about this? I don't think that's a poor British title fight. No, oh, I sorry. Ve- yeah, you don't get a British title Listen, I can tell that you're on holiday. I'm a mess. Right? Man. Yeah? Listen to what I'm saying to you. you. Very rarely do you see a poor British title fight. This is a British title fight. I'm saying that it this should be a good poor. one. Yes. Absolutely. And also, uh, as well as that, they don't like each other. Or should I say, Lawal has really taken... Umbridge mm-hmm. to Chamberlain. Chamberlain, I think, is a very easy go, happy go lucky type of fella. Yeah. Met him a couple of times. He seems a bit dead, you know, dead chill, dead nice. Yeah. Um, I haven't spent too much time in the company of uh, Michael Lawal. I know that this fight fell off previously because of toothache, or so we were told. 
Um, and there's been a bit of banter about that. There's nastiness in what Lawal's saying. They've had the little, uh, what did they, when they have sit down with Johnny Nelson and all that, like oh, have you done one of them gloves of off, or gloves are off, off and all that type of carry on. Yeah, they've, mm-hmm. d- they've done a little bit of that. And uh, it's a bit of fun. There's a bit. There's a little bit of, you know what I mean, bit of zinging Lawal's chat, man. You can't chat like that and not bring it. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping yeah. that he's going to absolutely fly out the traps on well, Saturday he, night. He's got to because, with all due respect, what is he? Seventeen and 0, 18 and 0. And he's never, he's never actually fought anyone. Yeah. He's fought nobody of note whatsoever. Yep. Isaac Chamberlain absolutely represents the first name. Isaac's lost against two world-class fighters, Chris Billum-Smith and, of course, Akoli as well. The Billum-Smith fight went the distance. The Akoli fight was one of the most forgettable and ugly fights in the history of British boxing of the last decade. It was awful. And he's had to rehabilitate himself since then. But... This is, yeah. this is a step yeah. up for a while. This is a step up for a while. Listen, I like the fact that Isaacs, even though it's at stage in his career where he is, where he has, again, he's lost the two legit operators, he's not kind of putting himself beyond British title level. He's got some respect for the British title in terms of, okay, well, if, if I can't be the best at British title level, then there's no point in me fishing for fight tie than this anyway. So I think it's Lawal's big opportunity to finally put a name of any kind of note on his record. But you know, I kind of like Isaac in this one as well. The experience counts for a lot. you know. And I seem to remember he come through those 12 rounds with Chris Billum-Smith. It was a unanimous decision, I believe, for Billum-Smith, I seem to remember. But I remember he had his moments in that fight as well, and he'll have learned from it. So I think to step up for Lawal. Lawal's trying to make it personal. Okay, yeah, sound. He, he, he's an odd one, Isaac, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Like some days I watch him and I think, whoa. Yeah, you've got it. Here we go. Yeah. And I don't know whether that is down to the opponent playing into what he wants. Don't know wh- I don't know whether he is one-dimensional or not because sometimes I watch him and I think, oof, come on, mate. Yeah. He doesn't seem to be able to figure out the puzzle as he's going along within the fight. Like I say, sometimes he's brilliant and then sometimes he's not. This seems, is, this is seems, massive. He has fights where he'll have not just a round off. Sometimes he'll have a fight off. Yeah. He just doesn't turn up. Yeah. And doesn't then, put it in. Then and goes make, through the motions. Yeah, but bit. gets through it. Yeah. Comes out with a win, but it's ugly and it's like, well, it weren't impressive. Correct. So, yeah, there's a lot of questions that are going to be asked in terms of what le- is this his level? Hmm. If this is his level, Sam, man, there's absolutely no shame in uh, no. being a British no. slash European level operator. But he won't want to be at this level, but it's up to him now to navigate Lawal. Let it get personal, sell a ticket. More than anything, it's both the opportunities to go, right, fuck it. Aziz is out. Yeah. Buati's out. We're the main stars Sky. now. Yeah. We've got the opportunity to go live on Sky Sports on a Saturday night. Let's pinch the headlines. The problem is Isaac's been here before mm. and been in stinkers. Mm. And he can't afford to be in another stinker, even if he does win. Because people will be like, keep him the fuck off my TV. Yep. That's not the first time I've been burnt with him. So he needs to turn up. If he turns up, he should have too much. He really should. But you never know, man. As you say, that Lonsdale belt tends to bring out a little bit of magic. And something magical might, might well just happen. What's the uh, rest of the card look like? Who's on there? Um, Chris is on there. Art Stall, who I still believe is probably the most entertaining of the of the female contingent to come out of the Olympics. She's got that little bit of pop in her punches. I'd like to have seen her a, bit, a little bit busier than this. What's this, her fifth professional fight or whatever. So I'd like to have seen her a little bit busier. And according to BoxRec, that is it, pretty much. Yeah. 
Louis Green has taken on Sam Gilly in the Commonwealth Super Welterweight title fight as well. But it was, it was an event, let's be honest, hung on the main event, and the main events fell off. Good for boxer, for soldier, not and pushing it through, but yeah. they will, uh, if they weren't selling a ticket before, they're going to fucking desperately struggle to sell tickets now. <clears throat> uh, Dazona putting on the card in Liverpool. My namesake, Mr. Catroll. Jack uh, taking kid. on uh, uh, kid. Oge Linares. Um, I'm going to be honest, man. When this, when this fight was made, it, I was disappointed. No shit. Um, because Jack Catterall goes to Matchroom. He signs with Matchroom. And the whole point of him doing that is to try and get him closer to a world title shot. Yeah. Well, the lad got shafted. Whether you like me saying this or not, he got shafted. Yeah. And boxing's chewed him up and spat him out and kind of doesn't really give a shit of what happened. Forget the fight. But, you know, we've been here many, many times where judges do judges and fighters are on the receiving end of bad decisions. But the aftermath and the way that he's been treated disgusting. has been disgusting. He, literally just falling down the rankings, not being re reordered to fight for certain world championships. Yeah, disgrace. And obviously now he's aligned himself with Eddie Hearn and Matchroom Sports. And the reason for that was obviously to try and get him closer to a world title shot. And it seemed like the obvious path would be Regis Progre. Now listen, I ain't going to hate on Regis Progre fighting Devin Haney. Regis Progre's in the Regis Progre business. And Devin Haney's in the Devin Haney business. Absolutely. And Eddie Hearn's in the Eddie Hearn business. What makes more money? What makes more sense? What grabs more eyeballs? Regis Progre, Devin Haney. So from a business point of view, you absolutely cannot argue with Matchroom making that fight. But if you've signed a kid, and I've no doubt that the sell was, right, mate, we're going to get the 140 guys here and we're going to make these world title fights and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And, and the thing that you offer him is Jorge Linares, who's lost three on the spin, yep. a shadow of his former self. The, ne the headline looks great, doesn't it? Jack Catterall's fighting Jorge Linares. Remember Jorge Linares? Because he went in with Lomachenko. He went in with this guy. He went in with that guy. Yeah, but... Mate, it looks great if it's 2020. It's fucking 2020. Uh, mate, even earlier. You know, it's, it's not... It's not what it is. And I fully anticipate Jack to come through. I fully anticipate Jack to look great um, and, to, and to snatch those headlines. And, here, and maybe this is another one. If Jack's watching this or Jack's team watches this, I know that a couple of members of his team do watch this, he has to get lippy on that microphone on Saturday night, man. One, he's got to deliver, right? Of course he's got to deliver. And don't get me wrong, Jorge Linares, Wiley O'Cat, he can, he can spoil a fight if he wants to spoil a fight. Yeah. Don't think he will. I think he'll have a go because in his last few, he's had a little bit of a go. He's been outboxing and beaten, stopped on one of those occasions in those three that he's lost. Jack's got to look good. He's got to, be de he's got to make a statement, ideally a stoppage. And then he's got to get on the microphone. He said, listen, man, I'm not happy about this. I'm I said, I'm going to go to San Francisco. I'm the guy. In December. I'm going to be ringside for Regis Progre and Devin Haney. And you motherfuckers are going to see me. Yeah. He has to. Mm -hmm. He's too nice of a kid for this game to fuck him over like it's fucked him over. And nice guys sometimes finish last. He's a nice lad. Everybody knows he's a li nice lad. But sometimes you've got to be a bit of a nasty bastard. Closed mouths, mate. Do not get fed. He has to get lippy at the weekend. Yeah. But it's not his personality, as it's, we all know. It's not in his personality, no. So you're asking him to do, so you're asking him to do something that's not 
doesn't come natural to him. And even if he does get lippy, it, it won't even register in the Regis Pro-Grade Devon Haney world, and that's the disappointing thing. And, you know, if I, if I was managing Jack Cattrall, I'd, I, I wouldn't be happy with Matchroom. I think his move over to Matchroom hasn't helped him one iota. He's obviously gone over there with the promise that... Listen, Jack Cattrall is the undisputed super lightweight champion of the world. Anyone with half a brain that watched that fight in Glasgow knows that he should have had every single one of those belts. He should have been the kingmaker. He should have been the world number one. And he was stolen of that opportunity by what I would believe is some sort of corruption at some st- at some somewhere along that food chain that was corrupt. The sport was corrupt and it got found out. And that's why certain judges and referees were stepped down from their position. That's why there was a lot of international conflict and, and conversation about it because we we and many other outlets shone a torch on it and what became what came back was there was corruption from both the, the, the governing bodies, from the host promoter at the time who was top rank, from the officials who were put in there by the board of control. The whole thing was a fucking stinky goddamn mess. And it was one of the blights on British boxing of modern times. And by the way, that was the first time we'd ever had in the four belt era a unification fight where all four belts, ring magazine belt, was on the line on British soil and it featured two British combatants. The problem was the whole thing was twisted and corrupted in favour of one fighter and it wasn't a fair fight. It wasn't a fair record and that needs to go down on record and that will always go down on record that Jack Cattrall should have been the undisputed champion of the world. The way those four belts ran away from him in the aftermath, the way the sport let him down is one of the biggest travesties of boxing of the modern era, an absolute disgrace. And it makes me feel sick, I've got to be honest, that Jack Cattrall's had one fight in the two year, almost two years that have gone since against a standing opponent. Meanwhile, the rest of that division has cracked on, has made money, has you know, crowned millionaires, has crowned unrightful champions. There's not a single man in that division at super lightweight who weighs 140 pounds that should look themselves in the mirror and believe they're a world champion. Because to become a world champion, you've got to beat the man. And nobody beat the man. The system beat the man. And it's a fucking disgrace that he's, with all due respect, in Liverpool, taking on a Jorge Linares who's never fought at 140 pounds in his life and can't buy a win these days. In fact, last time Linares won was in the same month that Cattrall got robbed in Glasgow. That was the last time he won. And he's had three fights since then, Jorge Linares, and lost all three. In the same time frame, Jack Cattrall's had one fight, albeit with a standing opponent, which didn't register on this division whatsoever. That's why boxing's fucked. That's why that sport needs to sort itself out. This kid could be, and more than likely is, the best 140 pounder on the planet. But right now, he's the king of the Who Needs Him club. Because everyone knows it. Every promoter, every manager, every TV network, and every fucking boxer who weighs 140 pounds knows that Jack Cattrall is the man. And none of them will give him opportunity because he. He is the king of the Who Needs Him Club because he'll probably beat the fucking lot of them. I don't think there's anybody watching this that disagrees with what you've just said, mate. Um, so what What does he get out of the weekend? He dusts his gloves off, that's it. He gets out on the zone. Hopefully they make some headlines for him. Like, Eddie's done some incredible things and he's generated some incredible careers. You know, one of my... One of my closest pals in this game 
was made a multi-millionaire thanks to the relationship with Eddie Hearn and the, and the doors that Eddie opened for him. And he's not alone. There's many others. What frustrates me is why is Jack Cattrall not getting similar opportunities? Why is the heaven and earth not being moved for Jack Cattrall? He could well be the best 140-pound fighter on the planet. There's a strong argument that you can't dispute that. He beat the man. He beat the man in his own backyard. And yet, he's fighting Jorge Linares, who all due respect to Jorge Linares. And the reason he's here is because he's a name and because he's a former multiple-time world champion. And his name's Jorge Linares. So you can put it on the post and it looks good. But in reality, the guy can't buy a win these days. I'm just point He can't buy a win. So what's the fucking point of this for Jack Castle? Mm. What is the point? I don't know. This is the best he could do? Mm. Jorge Linares? Really? I think it's a piss-poor main event, I've got to be honest. I really do. And I feel sorry for Jack. I, you said that you hit the nail on the head earlier. The sport has chewed him up and spat him out, and he doesn't deserve it because he's done nothing wrong at all. He's done nothing wrong. Yeah, man. So I don't know. To answer your question, I don't know. I don't know what the point is. Hopefully, and Eddie has a tendency to do this sometimes. Hopefully, Eddie. Eddie rocks the mic. Hopefully, Eddie goes, right, that's all I needed, kids. Another win. He's dotted it off. This is what's happening next. Bang, bang, bang. This is the course for Jack Cattrall. Yeah. I just hope they don't just let it slide and go, oh, yeah, well done, Jack. Well, you know, probably get Jack ringside, won't we, for Progray versus Haney. Do you want to sit ringside? Haney and Progress ain't going to choose Jack Cattrall. Eddie has to make it happen for him. He needs to go, right, because once a day, now he's going to go here and I'm going to pay for that fight. He's going to get that fight. Yeah, listen. Everybody would buy in on Tiafimo Lopez. Hell yeah. Everybody would buy in on the winner of Haney Progray. Yeah. Jack could travel. If, if he has to, he'd, he'd do it. Of course he would. He's done and, it before. And, and obviously we know that Eddie and Matchroom, they're a global brand. They've got a lot of fingers in a lot of pies, especially stateside. They're going to have to pay, you know, because I've no doubt that Haney and Pugray are making a few quid yeah. from the event that they are obviously they've got coming up. Tifima Lopez isn't going to be cheap. I know everything I said two minutes ago about modern fighters not having that social media presence, not having that thing that you can leverage and make a lot of money. Jack Castro's one of those guys. Yeah. But he's an incredible talent, and as you've just said, he's been treated unfairly. Hopefully with a top, and listen, Eddie Hearn's a top quality promoter. Fingers yep. crossed, fingers crossed. There's a plan. There is a plan. There has to be a plan. Otherwise, why sign him? Yeah. There's, no the point point? In, there's no point in signing him if you ain't got a plan. If you're not going to go, right, a couple of little things here, then we're going to pay for Tiafimo Lopez. You're going to have to go to New York because it's Tiafimo Lopez, but we're going to pay for Tiafimo Lopez. We'll get you back up in these WBO rankings. He'll take a voluntary and there's your shot. Yeah, that's what he wants. He just wants a shot. Yeah, he does. He doesn't want a gimme. He doesn't want. He doesn't want someone to he hand deserve, him he something. He fucking deserves a gimme. Yeah, if anyone in this game deserves a gimme, it's Jack Castle. But you're right. He ain't gonna get a gimme. But that would be. Who's he managed? Is he managed by Sam? Sam. Sam Jones. You know, if the conversation hasn't happened already, and I'd be surprised if it hasn't. You know, we're kind of like you know fucking moaning about something that I'm almost certain would have happened behind closed doors. Yeah. What it, What have you signed him for? What is the point? There's no point in this fight this weekend for Jack Cattrall's sake. doesn't do anything for him. No. He doesn't beat Jorge Narrales and then suddenly everyone goes, oh, shit. Wow. Wow, He's Jack already beat Cattrall's the guy. the guy. He's already beat the guy. What's the fucking point? He's beat the man. He's the uncrowned, universal, undisputed champion of the super lightweight division. Uncrowned. Everybody knows it. 
Let's get him crowned. How do we get him crowned? Or How get him get an opportunity. Yeah. You're never going to... You're I'm not just selling points. No, you're never going to write that wrong. Of course. You're never going to get it back. It's Unfortunately gone. Unfortunately not, no. It's gone. Yeah. What you have to do as a boxing community, you've got to provide him another opportunity. Mm-hmm. Now, I ain't going to sit here and say he's going to go and beat Tiafimo Lopez or he's going to no, go and beat fight. Regis Progre. Of course. Or he's going to go and beat De- Devin Haney. They're all proper fights. Proper. And he could lose them. Yeah. But the opportunity has to be given to him. Yeah. That's the point that I'm making. Give him the opportunity for him to go and do his thing. If he falls short, that's sound, man. Yeah, exactly. But give him the opportunity. Yeah. And 100%. fingers crossed there is a plan for that. Um, what's the rest of that card looking like, my man? I know Peter McGrail's... Because McGrail's... Your, your boy Peter McGrail's having a little bit of a tinkle, isn't he? Yeah. Is he in a little 10-rounder now? Peter McGrail's in a 10-rounder, yeah. It doesn't say anything on BoxRec, but I'm almost certain it's got some kind of title International nonsense. It. Yeah, it's some kind of international bollocks belt, of course, but... I'm almost certain it's got a title attached to it. I'm sure I read somewhere that... Um, like an eliminator? Yeah. What's happened here? What have I done here? I've lost my card here. Dee, 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 dee. <laughs> Jose Mendoza. He's taken on. Who is 17 and 0. Out of Colombia. He's got too much power. But still, yeah, that's an international 10-rounder, which has got some kind of ranking, some kind of bollocks belt attached. But there's quite a few scousers on here, yeah, which is why the tickets will do well. But Just on him, though, that's good. Of course. Because Peter McGrail, for those that don't know, if you've not been following the story, is one of, well, was one of the, maybe the elite guy coming out of uh, Team GB last Olympic cycle. Correct. Steps into the, the professional boxing game. There's no point in having these daft little... We're talking about a guy that's travelled the world. Travelled the world Correct. as an elite amateur, fighting the, be- fighting the best amateurs on the planet. Winning, losing. Mm-hmm. He's got the experience. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. The professional game's slightly different. It's not point scoring anymore and all that. Get that. Three, four, five fights. Let him get used to the bright lights, walking out in the big arenas, all that. Yeah. Get that completely. Now, give him a proper fight. Because, because the kid, you know, the Scouse Lomachenko, they've... Uh, Nicknamed him, hasn't he? So let, let, let's get him moving. Let's get him rocking and rolling. And he needs it, you know. He's, even though uh, you know, he's only a seven-fight novice, but as you've just pointed out, he's one of the best amateur boxers Team GB have produced in modern times. He's medalled in every single tournament he's been at. The only one he didn't medal at was the Olympics, and he was one of the. He was either the favourite or the second favourite in the in the rankings going into that Olympic Games. Okay, it didn't happen for him, and that's unfortunately sometimes that's the way tournament boxing goes. So you didn't quite get the fanfare we expected him to get. Mate, I was on this podcast saying, where the fuck are we putting our gold letterbox? I was convinced he was going to get a gold medal out there. But listen, it just didn't happen for him. And that's, that's just the way it goes sometimes. But he's seven fights into his professional career. This will be his eighth professional fight. He's getting a ranked opponent. Mm-hmm. They want to move him fast. Good. Listen, domestically, I think he cleans up already. Mm-hmm. He's beyond that level. If, if, if you're looking at Peter McGregor, you're not talking about someone who's... You know, when we're, if he'll win the British title, if he'll do this. Nah, man. British, Commonwealth, European, that will all happen. That's, that's all in due course. They're going to have to pay for it because no one's taking him as a, as, a, as a voluntary. So he needs to get moving, get into a good ranking position. He's, again, he's fighting a guy here, international 10-rounder, 17-0 Colombian. Okay, you know, Colombians, South Americans, at this level tend to be big punchers. Mendoza doesn't necessarily look to be a big puncher. But then we are talking about super bantamweights, not necessarily big punchers down there. Peter is mustard, absolutely mustard. And the thing about Peter McGrail, and maybe this is what's leading towards the Jack Cattrall event selling better than Aziz versus Buatzi is, Peter McGrail walks around Liverpool and gets stopped left, right and centre. He's a little superstar. 
even though he didn't medal at the Olympics, people are aware of his talent, have been following him in the amateurs for years, and they know what he's all about. Probably helps that he drives around in a car with his name on the side of it. That always helps. But he's got good support, good sponsors behind him. People know this kid's going to go an awful long way, and I think people buy tickets to see him. Yeah. Who else is on there? Has he got some stable mates on there? Is there a few uh, scousers knocking about? I'm not sure, actually. Campbell Hatton's on the undercard as well. Mm-hmm. Campbell will go down well in Liverpool. Paddy Lacey, the former boxer turned, uh, former pro footballer turned bo- fo- yeah. boxers on there too. Uh, and the, the, but the, the co-main event is uh, Achib Fiaz versus Reese Bellotti, your old boy. Good fight. Commonwealth Super Featherweight title. That's a solid fight, that. Good fight. Yeah, it's a good little fight. Reese is one of them. Like, Mate, when he turns up... Mm-hmm. He can chin anyone. And Aki Fiaz is a solid, solid fighter, yeah. man. I think that's a good little matchup, that. It is. Especially for Aki at this stage of his career. Go on, then. Let's see what you're all about, Sunshine. We've obviously seen Reese outbox. We've seen him stopped. But we've also seen him do it to other people as well. Turn up and do the biz. He yeah, can, he's more than capable of doing the biz. So, so yeah, that's a good little co-main event. But it's going to be interesting how they arrange this card for TV because... It's a tough one, isn't it? You know, again, there's a there's a couple of scousers on there. There's Campbell Hatton on there. There's people who sell tickets. Mate, where do you put them on? Listen. Because if you're talking about 11, 11.30 p.m. fucking ring walk times or whatever, like we've been seeing recently, Listen. there ain't many people sticking around to watch, you know, Jorge Linares get put on his ass with but, all due respect. And listen, you, you're going to think that we're, bo- we're banging an MMA drum here. Boxing's going to struggle this weekend for, for viewership because the MMA, UFC, where we are in Abu Dhabi, mm-hmm. it's on primetime UK. Yeah. So you can consume it from it's five o'clock. It's not pay-per-view. It's not pay-per-view. It's on primetime UK, TNT. You flip that on and you are seeing, what, 12 elite fights? Yeah. Best of the 12 best. 50-50s, title fights. So if you, are, if you do have a thirst for combat, I have no doubt that your live consumption on Saturday evening, if you're staying in, is probably going to be the UFC over uh, what boxing has to offer this weekend. I've no doubt that you are, obviously, you'll have an interest in Jack Cattrall. You'll want to see what he does with Jorge Linares, and you might even have a little bit of a look at that British title fight, because on paper it should, it should dance. Chamberlain Lawal should dance on Sky. Mm. It should work. It might not, but it should do. Um, but I've no doubt that if you are into this game as much as we're into this game, your, your attention is probably gravitating towards MMA. Uh, this weekend Abu Dhabi baby mm. uh, there you go that's your preview for uh, the boxing this weekend if you go into one of those shows let us know all about it comment sections available on YouTube channel uh, get stuck in who you're going to go and see who you're looking uh, forward to watching I've no doubt Peter McGrail's grabbed a little bit of interest there uh, you can subscribe to us via our website fightdisciples.com and we are on YouTube Fight Disciples on there if you are watching today's video yes we're on Nick's balcony and yes as we are doing the show the sun has gone down um, I don't even know, as we are talking right now, whether you can actually see us. We might just be two <laughs> no idea. shadows. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've tried to light it. It's a little bit different this week. Mike's not here, so we've got no one to Just us two. Yeah. yeah. So the, we've so no team. The so Chuckle Brothers have kind of set up a bit of a riggy and no idea whether you can even see us. Pretty sure you can hear us. No well, idea that's, whether that's you our can strength, actually that's see That's our strength. We're radio Audio. people. Audio's yeah. Audio's our strength. I know that that's working. Yeah. So no people, idea where everyone can see us. Yeah, but if Hopefully. you can, subscribe, because we are going to do an MMA show for you as well, previewing UFC 294, so get stuck into that. Anyway, thank you very much uh, for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.